What's up, everybody? You're listening to episode 75 of Two Views Movies Podcast. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And today we are still in end of 2018 mode, even though we're getting midway through January, but we couldn't move on into 2019 without without talking about this movie. Uh, if, you, if you listen to our year in review, you know that this movie we're getting ready to talk about creeped all the way up into our both of our top five lists, right? Top top five of 2018, yes. Yeah. So we're talking Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse today. For those of you that don't know, it's about Miles Morales, who is juggling a life between being a high school student and being Spider-Man. However, when Wilson Kingpin Fisk uses a super collider, another Spider-Man from another dimension, Peter Parker, accidentally winds up in Miles' dimension, joining others from across the Spider-Verse. Directed by three guys, Bob Parachetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman. And worth noting, it was produced by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and also written by Phil Lord. If those names sound familiar, those are the guys behind 21 and 22 Jump Street, the Lego movies, and the guys who infamously got kicked off of Solo right before it was uh, being done. Yeah, replaced by Ron Howard, right? Yep, replaced by good old Opie. (laughs) You know, not to get too off topic, but I would I would love to know what the Lord and Miller solo would have looked like. I, I hate the idea of the people that run around asking for the Snyder cut of Justice League, but I would love to see the Lord and Miller cut of solo. Yeah, I don't even know what that looked like. No clue. <laughs> Me either. Um, as with most animated movies, uh, huge, huge cast. Shamik Moore, Jake Johnson, Haley Steinfeld, Mahershala Ali, Brian Tyree Henry, Lily Tomlin, Nick Cage, Liv Schreiber. Zoe Kravitz, Catherine Hahn, Chris Pine, Jorma Tacone, and there's even a few other cameos um, that I left off. But those are those are the big ones. Huge, huge cast. And let's just go right into it. But I'm going to let you take this one, uh, as I do with most Marvel, most comic book movies. You're the you're the guy. So you take us where you want us to go with Spider Verse. Well, I'm just going to start with a little bit of background, and I'm trying not to get too uh, too nerdy. Uh, and go into a rabbit hole that could last for days. Uh, but I want to give a little background on what this movie is about and who Miles Morales is and, and why there are multiple Spider-Men, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because um, back in 2000, Marvel created a ultimate universe. So it was they're basically rebooting um, all of their their books, all their titles into a a different world, uh, but they're still continuing the the other comics that they've had all through the years. But because their rationale was, when they started Spider Man, Peter Parker was a kid. You know, he was in high school, and kids could relate to Peter Parker. Well, now in the original universe, uh, which they call the Six One Six universe, um, he is an adult. You know, he's doing adult problems now. You know, and kids don't relate that well to it. So they wanted to find a way. Uh, and the same with the X-Men and a lot of the other their books. So they wanted to basically start over, reimagine everybody's origin stories and and just change things for the new times. And it, it's really a, a grittier, uh, darker version of what it was before. Like the Hulk kills people and he's a cannibal. He, he, he truly eats people in this version. <laughs> I mean, Wolverine doesn't have any redeeming qualities like. You know, he's just he's he's a bit of an ass throughout always, and so it's just uh it's just one of those things that like Thor is either the son son of Odin or he's a psychopath, and nobody knows which one. Does he just believe that? And so that's kind of playing on the uh, uh, what people believe in the first you know Thor movie is he is he crazy or is he really got a thunder type thing? And so this this universe also gave us uh, the Black Nick Fury, so when they uh casted samuel jackson in iron man 2 to do a little clip it uh john favreau didn't know that there were there were two nick furies because there's two ultimate universe and then the regular universe because uh david hasselhoff actually played nick fury in a movie 
Um, if you've ever seen that, which I don't recommend, but that's Isn't it like a kind of TV movie. Yeah, it's not good. Okay, it's not. I, good. Oh, well, but he he, did, yeah, he does look like he does kind of look like the comic version of of Nick Fury. So I'll give him that. Okay, but uh, but he brought Samuel Samuel Jackson in, and so that was kind of the first tie into the Ultimate Universe uh, that we got in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So now we just all sorts of crosses crossovers but the one thing that makes uh ultimate universe different is that when somebody dies they stay dead and so from 2000 2015 is kind of when they had their run um if you die you're gone you don't come back in some other way like they do in all the other comics and so spider-man dies in this universe and miles gets bitten by one of the other spiders that they were testing and it was number 42 the 42 second spider that uh they're radiating to try to recreate spider-man and so he has a little bit different spider powers than the normal spider-man does and the number 42 comes up a lot in this uh into the spider-verse and i'll get to that a little bit later but basically the universes eventually through some big cataclysmic event combined and now Peter Parker and Miles live within the same universe in the normal universe. The ultimate universe is gone and now they're they're back but Miles is still around and a few other characters that they really liked they they combined into the normal. And so that's kind of in a in a very confusing roundabout way that's where where Miles came from and where this concept of of the Spider-Verse came from of ult- different realities, different spider people. Uh Gwen Stacy was bit uh, as we see, she's in this as Spider Girl. She was bit in the lab uh, next to Peter Parker. So instead of Peter Parker being bit, she was bit, and instead of her dying, Peter Parker died, and that kind of turned her into Spider Girl. And so the, all these different origin stories that that go along the way, uh, all crammed into this one one cartoon movie <laughs> of, of Into so, the Spider Verse. So as somebody who doesn't read the comics, um. How- you you were giving Miles background from an ultimate standpoint, right? But when you started talking about the different universes and the Gwen and the other Peter Parker, uh, is that all happening in the comics too, or is that just unique to this Spider Verse movie? No, they they did that uh, as kind of a crossover event before they merged kind of all of them together, and so gotcha. they did some dimensional hopping. It was not done like this, um, but it was. It was like this. So this is this is a new original story, um, but with the same concept that they took from the comics. Okay, that makes sense. And so th- they've all met and they fought powers that were trying to destroy all these universes and whatnot. But that's that got way beyond what this movie was trying to do. Yeah, I so I knew none of that going into. It. I mean, I knew that there was a, a Miles Morales who was the new Spider-Man because I mean, you and I have had lots of conversations about this. But whenever they, um, I don't know if retcon's the right word, but whenever they they mix up origin stories like Jane became Thor. I, I'm aware of that. Um, you know, Miles became Spider-Man. So when when you have these shifts in either gender or race of characters, it, it tends to to make waves um, in the comic book world and and even in the movie world. So I, I was aware of some of this, but this was the first time I've ever experienced a non-Peter Parker Spider-Man. Well, and this kind of all started with. Um, the online petition to have Donald Glover be the amazing Spider-Man uh, instead of Andrew Garfield. And so that that's kind of where it got its legs. And they actually uh, modeled Miles after Donald Glover. Gotcha. And so uh, by his look, his look and, and whatnot. And so that, that's where this all kind of came from. And, and Miles was the first one to, to make waves of, um, of this type of thing. Yeah. Now, uh, switching gears a little bit in Homecoming, Donald Glover is in that, and he's not Miles, but isn't he the isn't he the uncle or is he a cousin? Yeah, he he's he's the uncle. He's Uncle Aaron. Okay, that's because uh, that, when it, when it does the little uh, um, when Peter's looking through the computer, it says the Prowler. Okay, you know, as part of his background and rap sheet and things like that. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. I, I knew that there was a Miles connection there, and everybody was kind of pumped that Glover was in it and had that connection uh, in Homecoming. So I, I knew some of it, but not a lot. Yeah, and so there's kind of little Easter eggs here and there everywhere. Uh, and so those are fun. To, and this, this movie's chock full of them. And you'd have to see this you know, a few times to, 
to pick out a lot of these because they go through them pretty quickly. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's a good comment for the whole movie, right? That the whole movie is fast. I mean, insanely fast. Oh yeah, yeah, fast paced. I mean, it doesn't let up at all. No, not one bit. I mean, it, it's and because of the animation style and everything that it's trying to do and the fact that you're juggling multiple spider people and all this, it's just, it's kind of like stimulus overload. Like I remember sitting there in the theaters be like, Oh, this is awesome. But like my brain was feeling kind of fried at the same time. Cause there's just so much to take in, uh, in every scene that, I mean, this is going to be such a great rewatch uh, on multiple, multiple occasions, because I, I think you'll find stuff new forever. And especially if you're not a comic book person like me, like you, you know kind of all this going in. So you're like seeing these things and there's even more that like you just said, you'll get as you watch more. But for me, like there's so much more of a learning opportunity in this because there's all these different things that I don't know about and didn't, you know, went over my head. But as I read more and follow along more, I'll definitely pick up as time goes on. I agree completely, uh, completely with that, that whole statement. Um, but while we're on that, that topic of, you know, cultural impact of, of all this, um, I'll go back to the the 42 and no one's actually said it. I mean, cause they, they show the image of 42 a lot in into the spider verse, you know? Uh, I don't know if you, if you noticed that. I didn't catch that. No. So there's, he walks by signs there. there there's a pillar. I th- I'm trying, I think it's a pillar I'm putting in my head that that's falling on this number 42. And then the spider, even on its back, it has 42 on it. Um, that bites him. Um, and I, I started to read online and, and nobody's bringing out the obvious connection to that. And I don't know if, if that was intentional or not, but to me, when I see 42, I think Jackie Robinson. Yeah, totally. And so I think that was intentional uh, when they originally had it or even when the director was directing it, but that's, that's kind of, you know, breaking new way with a new, a new character returning Spider-Man into an African-American Latino kid, you know, it's, it's, new ground uh, and one of the major obviously one of the the cornerstones of marvel uh, is uh is spider-man and so making him a black latino kid uh is is new ground and so I, i'm just surprised i haven't seen that anywhere but I, i'm assuming that's where it came from oh yeah i i completely agree i when you started saying all the 42 i'm like oh yeah that makes perfect sense jackie robinson breaking the color barrier and while clearly you know miles is not the first african-american or latino superhero in marvel uh there is something to be said though about the whole taking a existing character that's been around for decades and and shifting the gender or race in in that way so i I totally totally see that while we're on easter eggs though uh i i do have a question that's not really an easter egg but more of um i don't get it why is his name miles morales when his dad is jefferson davis why isn't he miles davis (laughs) <laughs> uh that's that's a really good question i don't know okay yeah i wasn't sure i'm that. sure it, is. it it's uh it's been a while like it was what 2012 when his when he was first uh introduced his origin and i don't know if that ever came up but i'm sure it did um because as far as i can when i'm reading the comics now i mean his parents are married so i don't know why yeah that would have gone that way no big deal by any means it's not like i'm sitting there being oh come on with that but it's it's one of those where i was like hmm okay all right whatever yeah i'm trying to trying to remember and i don't i don't know okay so jerk (laughs) (laughs) one of the things that i felt like um so not not to tip my hand but you know i've always struggled with spider-man on the big screen it's just never really clicked with me but this this story was so awesome i mean it's I'm a sucker for anything like sci-fi, multiverse, all that kind of stuff. So this was this was perfect. But I truly don't see how this could have been pulled off in any kind of live action, non-comic book, non-animated way. It was just, it seems too complex. And I, I just don't know that it ever could have been pulled off in live action. It, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I don't ever agree when people say that. Only from the standpoint of, I mean, you could do a shot-for-shot shot remake of this in live action, and I just think when people make live action movies, they tend to dwell on things like the origin story, and here they breeze through it, through everybody's. They went through, what, six characters' origin stories in like 15 seconds, and 
they were all very true to the comic. And so it was, it's not that we're changing things to make it easier to, to move on with them. They actually told their whole origin story. Even Peter Parker's was, you know, this story. And he, he ran through, uh, and, and I love that part. He ran through, uh, all the spider movies even and the comics. And so he was trying to combine all that, uh, before he died. Yeah. You know, in that piece. So it, it was funny. Um, like they were hinting at Toby and they were hinting at uh, even the, the true comic version and all that, but they got it all right, you know? And so I think you can do it that way in a live action. You just, I just think people's focus, they feel like they have to have some, that it won't move as fast, I guess. Yeah. In, in a live action movie like they do in this, the pacing would be different. Yeah. And I guess I, I think it'd be interesting to see, I think. Yeah. And, and I, I think there's just so much of, when you're doing animation like this, you can cram so much into each frame that when you're doing it in live action, you know, you just have a setting, a backdrop, right? There's just, there's all this peripheral information that I think you can take in, in an animated movie that helps with this narrative and all the multiverse stuff that I'm just not sure translates well to a live action movie. Well, I think you would lose spider ham, but I'm okay with that. (laughs) Right. So you mentioned this, and I was it's a question I had for you, because you and I haven't really talked a whole lot about this, but you mentioned that the origin story of Spider-Man, and especially of Peter Parker, references the movies, um, specifically like the upside-down kiss from Spider-Man 1. So did you think that the Peter Parker that dies in Miles' timeline, is he or is he not supposed to be the Tobey Maguire version that we all know? Or was that just kind of a a nod to Spider-Man lore in general that everybody knows. I think that was a nod to Sony because Sony made this and Sony was saying, Hey, all this stuff happened, you know, cause they even referenced Spider-Man three, you yeah. know, when he's <laughs> being his emo Spider-Man three. I mean that he goes, yeah, that happened, <laughs> you know? And so I just think it was, it was a fun nod to all the movies that have come out before this. Okay. But I mean, clearly you know, the Peter Parker of comics, the Peter Parker of this, the Peter Parker of the movies, uh, whether you're talking the Raimi movies or the Amazing Spider-Man. I mean, I, I think what you're saying is kind of what I was saying. Uh, they're just acknowledging all of the lore of Spider-Man. They're not really saying, like, this is definitively the Tobey Maguire and not the Andrew Garfield. It's more of just like, yeah, this is all Spider-Man as we know him universally. Right, right. Okay. So, the, yeah, this is, the, this is the Peter Parker that we have to date. So the, Yeah, you, you've, you've, seen, you've seen all these incarnations of him. Okay, yeah. So the other question I have is, in Miles' timeline, there's Peter Parker, right? And he dies. Uh, well, we can get into that. But there's also this concept of Spider-Man is an established pop culture figure in that universe. Kind of like how uh, in the movies, you know, the people are all aware of the Avengers of Iron Man, that they're popular figures but the thing that i caught that i thought was interesting was in the comics and stuff that miles is reading spider-man's not named peter parker and my assumption with that i think his name was like bobby or something like that or billy my assumption was that it's because in miles universe there is a spider-man but nobody knows his true identity so even though spider-man's in popular culture they had to just make up something like Billy or Bobby as his name because they don't know it's Peter. Uh, did you catch any of that? What, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, they actually, in Miles' universe, they actually made a Spider-Man movie, uh, which was basically Sam Raimi in the, in the universe uh, of him fighting the real Dr. Octopus, but they couldn't, they didn't know who he was, and so they made their movie with that real footage, and he became a big... Be a big icon, but Peter Parker doesn't get a sense because he won't say who he is, type of thing. Okay, and so that that's kind of a, a running thing through through that is Spider Man's very popular. Uh, he even has a movie, but they kind of make up stuff for fill in. Okay, I got you now. So, and I, and I didn't even see in the comic that Miles was reading what the name was. I missed that part. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look. It's it's Billy or Bobby or I mean something super generic, kind of like Peter is, but it's something to that effect. Yeah, but no, he he exists both like that and as Peter Parker. Okay, so like I guess switching gears into more of the movie, I guess the best place to start would probably be you know what happens to Miles and how Kingpin gets involved and, and where this all kicks off. What did you think about Kingpin being the main bad? 
Uh, is that what you were expecting? I can't remember. Honestly, I didn't pay a, a lot of attention to the trailer or anything leading up to this, so I, I didn't really know where this story was going. Um, so I thought it was interesting that it was Kingpin, but the kickoff to all of this with, uh, you know, Miles and his life uh, of being, um, you know, there's some interactions with his dad, and he's not really wanting to do good in school, and he doesn't really know how he is, but then he runs into Spider-Man and sees this conflict between him and, and Kingpin. And like, I feel like that's all in the first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. I feel like Spider-Man, the, the, the Peter Parker Spider-Man gets off in like the first 15 minutes of the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's really early. Yeah. But I, I liked that they set things up quickly. They gave you an introduction to Peter Parker. They brought in Kingpin and you're immediately thrown in into the mix. Uh, did, did you like that kickoff? Did you like that it was Kingpin? And did you like the Peter Parker kind of died in Miles' timeline? Yeah. Kingpin's a big, he was, he was originally a Spider-Man villain. And so I, I like that. Uh, he's kind of moved more towards Daredevil. Uh, but I like the Kingpin concept. Um, I didn't like the way they animated him. Um, I liked how they made him huge, but everybody else looked like a normal you know, human frame. And he looked <laughs> not like that. No. He you know, just put his head on top of his body, you know? Yeah, he was huge. <laughs> I, there was a couple of times, though, that they did cool stuff like, there's one time where he takes up like the entire frame. You think you're looking at a black picture, but then as they move up, you realize you're just his body is so massive that he's filling up the whole screen, and then his head is just sitting there. So, I I didn't mind it in an animated movie, uh, only because I think it's a way of just showing how powerful and strong he is on screen, and that he could he could actually be somebody who's capable of killing spider-man even though i'm pretty sure in in the comics you can correct me but like he doesn't have any powers he's like lex Luthor, right he's just not there's nothing special about him he's just a big bad guy well yeah he's massive he's massive like he looks really fat but it's all muscle apparently <laughs> yeah and so that's how, that's how he can go toe-to-toe with daredevil and spider-man and all that but he I just i didn't like he just looked like a hunchback and that was weird to me you know you can make him a huge massive you know character but not make him look like a hunchback I just, I just didn't like that. But no, I, I was, I was fine with him being, being the bad guy. They even dove into his motivations, you know, quickly. But they did what he was trying to do. You know, I just thought that they executed everything very well when it comes to developing each character and not and doing it in a very quick time. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think, um, again, lesson learned for live action movies um, that you can actually apply from this is that. Yeah, they, they gave Kingpin a, a story and a meaning. And most of the time with, with Marvel movies uh, in particular, they just, you know, they give you these one-dimensional villains. And, and I will say Kingpin was fairly one-dimensional, but they gave you enough at the beginning and the end to, so that you understand why he's doing what he's doing and what he's going for and that he's got skin in the game other than, you know, oh, I just want to kill Spider-Man or I'm looking to take over the world or the universe. There was It wasn't about that. Kingpin was... He uh, lost his wife and kid, and he's trying to get them back. Uh, I mean, and that's all you need, but it's enough to where you care and you can bring those elements in, and you don't focus on it the whole movie. Just like with Miles, there's so much going on in this movie at any given time that at times you kind of forget what's at the core of Miles' story and all this, but they, the movie does a fantastic job of bringing you back and reminding you of how this all relates to Miles. So you might go 10 or 15 minutes and not, you know, it's all cool Spider-Man stuff or Miles going off and doing stuff, but then it'll bring it back to like, you know, his internal conflict about how he feels about being the new Spider-Man or his relationship with Peter or his relationship with his dad. And they do those little steps along the way so that you never go too long without forgetting who this story is really about. And, and the same thing with Kingpin, they give you little things here and there so that while all the fun stuff's going on, it doesn't lose any of its heart, and you're able to go back and say, oh, yeah, right, like, Miles is still struggling with this or whatever. So I, the storytelling is where I think they could take a lot of lessons from this movie because it, it was funny, but not so funny that it lost its heart. Or it was action-packed, but not so much that it didn't let you forget, like, this is about Miles' journey into becoming Spider-Man. So I, I loved everything they did with both Miles and Kingpin from, like, an emotional development standpoint. Yeah, it comes back to the the sympathetic villain. I mean, you, you think about Thanos, and you may not agree with their methods, but you understand why they're doing it. Uh, like, like Kingpin, you know, lost his family, and he's searching the uh, the multiverse 
for a new set you know it's like if if i lost my wife would i would i go try to find even though she's not exactly my wife but go into the universe you know, multiverse and, and find find her somewhere else you know you, you'd think that you know he, he loved her so much that that's where he's he's going to do that and so that that whole concept is like is okay would you do that you know is that right you know and he'll do it at, at any cost because his love for her he doesn't care who he kills to get it done he's just trying to get it done yeah no totally agree and i feel like the the marvel cinematic universe equivalent of that would be that somebody developed this machine and they were using it to go grab all the versions of Kingpin and all the other dimensions to come back and fight everybody here or go grab the biggest, baddest villains across all the dimensions to bring them here so that they can conquer the universe here. You know what I mean? It's always some ridiculously absurd, huge plan to do massive damage instead of just being like, oh, I'm just trying to get my wife and kid back. Right, exactly. Um, while we're on portrayals of characters, uh, thoughts on Aunt May? I felt like she was basically Alfred in Miles' timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she. Uh, they definitely did her up. Did you like that? I don't. I don't know if that's a thing in the in the Marvel comics or. It's not okay. It's not a thing, but I mean, it got him a costume in web shooters, so why not? <laughs> yeah, it was such a small part. I mean, I I didn't necessarily like it because that's not Aunt May, but. You know, Peter having an underground bat cave in his backyard. I mean, that's not really, yeah, <laughs> really how Spider Man rolls. But, but okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, and me not being a Spider Man guy, I, I definitely went straight there, right? Like, I'm like, oh, that's Alfred, and we're going down to a bat cave. And then I was th- sitting there thinking, like, I don't think Carson's ever mentioned Spider Man having a spider cave, and like, especially with all the suits lined up, I was like, that, that's not. I mean, it, don't get me wrong, totally cool. And I even got some of the references. Like, I didn't have the PS4 game yet, but I saw the PS4 suit, and I saw the different suits. I'm like, that feels very much like Batman, but I get it. These are pretty cool nods. Yeah, that, that, I think that's exactly what it was. It was nods to all the suits that Par- Parker has worn, you know, throughout all the comics. So they had the Iron Spider suit, like you mentioned, the PS4. They showed even the uh, uh, his car uh, from the the cartoons the spider buggy uh, i don't know if you caught that um but it's uh it was just like again if, if you watch it again there's so many of those little things that they drop oh that that's where that's from you know and so i think that that was more of a way to get them all into into the movie um than being any sort of accurate whatsoever yeah <laughs> but I, I was fine with it you oh, know yeah. I, I liked seeing all that stuff yeah i was totally fine with it too and actually it was a good excuse to give me like two of my favorite shots in the whole movie uh, the first time that Miles is down there and he looks in the reflection of the Spider-Man um, costume when it's encased and it, it, he's like looking up at it so his eyes are down but then later in the movie right before he uh, goes in and finally f- figures out how he can personally become Spider-Man then they do the shot again but this time he lines up his reflection perfectly with the eyes of Spider-Man so that, that those are two of my favorite shots in the whole movie so if you need to build a whole spider cave for that I'm all for it. Yeah and uh, he spray painted it you know, so he didn't make his own own costume. He spray painted it, which fit with you know the whole rest of the movie. Right. And so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, because he did like you know tagging and graffiti and stuff like that. Yeah, and so tagging his own costume, you know, making it his. That's I like it. Yeah, you know, while we're on that, you kind of touched on the cultural stuff earlier. I, I, I loved that they fully embraced, and they had to, right? I mean, and that, and it's also just good filmmaking, but they they totally embraced you know, somebody of his heritage, like all the cultural things that come along with that. The, the, the score was like that. You know, the fact that he, um, you know, not to say that, you know, African-Americans or Latinos go around doing graffiti everywhere, but I would say that's very much in more of their culture than like a white Peter Parker's culture. So there's all these things that they added to Miles that was very, very cool and really embraced the nature of it. Like Miles' mom um, in, in the opening when he's getting ready for school and breakfast, She's speaking in Spanish, right? And they're making all these references to, uh, I, I don't know if he's Puerto Rican. I can't remember exactly what it was or Dominican, but they make all these references to the, you know, the types of food they're eating and stuff, and they don't subtitle anything that she says. So you're just hearing it in, in Spanish. And there's just so many cool things that they did. And one of the comparisons that I had in my head for that was this movie felt um, very similar to Creed, right? Rocky was an established, you know, white character, 
and they were going to kind of reboot the franchise of Rocky and shift it to focus on Creed, but it wasn't just in name and character, right? They totally culturally embraced what it meant to have Adonis Creed be the, the lead of that story. And I feel like that's what they did here. They, they knew they had to shift away from Peter Parker, and they were shifting to Miles Morales, who's African-American and Latino. And they just didn't do it superficially. They just totally embraced everything culturally about that and really shifted the entire feel of the character, the environment, and everything. And, I mean, it, it's, it works. And that's what they had to do, but they did it so perfectly. No, I, I mean, everything from music to everything they did visually um, to his background, his family, everything you just talked about, uh, I thought worked on, on every level. Um, visually speaking, I've never seen anything like this. Oh, no. I mean, it truly, it, it truly looked like a comic book come to life and then something completely I can't even describe. I mean, yeah. almost 3D, but, but not, and just awesome. Did they have a 3D version of this? I think they did. Oh, I don't know, but it just, even the way that they did the art, uh, you know, of them, they looked like they could pop out on the page, you oh, know? Yeah. And, and so it was just, in the, the trailers, I don't think did that justice at all. I mean, even the, uh, and we talked about this a bit in the, in our year in review, but the, the trailers didn't give that same visual pop. Uh, as when you're sitting there in the movie, which it just totally took me off guard and, and it was awesome. I yeah. loved it. I think the problem was that clip that they played with Venom was the entire um, Peter Parker scene where he's going to visit, uh, Miles is going to visit his grave and then the other Peter Parker shows up. It's a very, very dark scene. Not, um, not emotionally, but like it's like the actual lighting of the animation is very dark. And so... The rest of the movie, though, has so many vibrant colors and stuff. So I think that they chose one of like an interesting scene for sure, but a really kind of basic scene in terms of the animation um, in that trailer or not trailer, but that segment before Venom. And I'm screwing up everything. It was after Venom, I think. Um, but they, uh, I just think that they didn't choose the best scene to really show that off. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. The, the colors and everything, I was so wowed. I'm pretty sure they released it in 3D, and I, I will say, in hindsight now, I kind of have a regret of not going and seeing it in 3D. I just have such an aversion to 3D movies that I don't even consider anything to go watch in 3D, but I feel like this could have been one of those kind of like gravity back in the day where you really could have maybe had something special there with 3D. Yeah, Gravity was the only movie that I've ever said, go watch in 3D. Yeah, uh, The rest of them sucked. I mean, even Avengers, it just... I saw it originally first, or the normally first, and then 3D second, and it didn't add anything to the movie, I don't think. And most movies are like that, but I do think that this one could be something else. Yeah, I think with 3D, not to get too far off topic, I think it's got to be something that is right for the format. If you're just watching Avengers, which, yeah, sure, it's a CGI fest at times, but it's still centered around humans in real-world settings, like in New York City, and that, to me, just doesn't work. But if you've got something like Avatar that's fully CGI, I can kind of see it with Into the Spider-Verse. It's animated, so you can just play with that so much more. And you're, you're already kind of out of that sense of, okay, this is not the real world that I'm looking at. So I think you can kind of embrace the 3D. And the same with gravity. I mean, you're sitting there in space, so you know that it's not really filmed in space, and you can kind of get around that. So, uh, But back to the animation and stuff, you're, you're spot on. It's, it's at the same time that it's new and unlike any other kind of animation approach I've ever seen. I love that they purposely tried to make it feel retro in some ways too, right? Like you had the, the flat uh, 2D-ness kind of at play with, uh, I don't know, what is it? Is it Spider-Ham? Is that what we call him? Spider-Ham, yes. Yeah, with that. But then you also, like there would be times where they went almost um, old school Ang Lee Hulk, right? Where they made it look like uh, sections of the comic book page and the actual frames and the the wording. And then, they even had the little red and blue circles that make up old comic books, right? Based on the way they used to print them. So it was, it was so cutting edge new, but with like so many homages back to the original medium of comic books. No, I agree. I, I'm, just, I'm still uh, flabbergasted by what I was seeing. You know, I, <laughs> and this is, what, this is one that I need to see again just to pick up on everything because I was still you know, like, wow, this is it's beautiful. You know, as I was watching then the music, uh, I loved, so I listened to the soundtrack and I don't love all the songs, but I love the, 
uh, pieces of the songs that they used yeah. in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so like, like the entire the entire song is like, is okay, but but I love that little snippet that they used and they incorporated in the movie. And that I felt like that was throughout. Yeah, that that one um, on the soundtrack. I've been listening to it too. The uh, I, I I have to if I can pull up a clip and, and play it in this, I will. But it's like but like that. Every time I hear that, I'm like, yeah, that's so cool. It's such a little basic, you know, riff, but it's so good. Yeah. And the one that he's singing to himself at the beginning. Yes. Yes. You know, that that song, that. That was awesome, you know, and just, uh, I love the music, lo- loved all that. Yeah. Just, well done. Well yeah. done. <laughs> I know, man. And, and like I, we talked about <laughs> in, the, in the year in review, um, you know, I, I carry a big chip on my shoulder about Spider-Man movies. And so when this one, everybody started kind of saying, oh my God, Spider-Verse is so good. It's so good. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, eventually it tipped the scales to where I was like, okay, enough people are saying that this is good, that. I genuinely don't think I'm going to walk into this and then walk out being like, eh, but I, I was, I had, I would say more than a healthy amount of skepticism of whether I'd like this going into it or not. And then to just, just see what I saw and the way that it was done. I, yeah, I cannot wait to get this on, on digital or Blu-ray. Cause I, I, and my, none of my family saw it cause everybody was like, eh, I don't really want to see it. And I'm going to force them all to watch it as soon as we get it. Yeah, and when I, we saw the trailers, it was more of, oh, this is going to be another, you know, just a Spider-Man comic that's going to appeal to little kids and just try to get to, or a cartoon that appealed to kids that try to get them, you know, hooked on the character and sell toys. And that's kind of what my, uh, it's going to be heavy on Miles. That's kind of my thought, and I thought they were going to off Peter pretty quickly. And then they started talking about the Spider-Verse, and I was like, okay, I like Miles, I like reading about Miles, but I but I love Peter Parker and the fact that they developed Miles in a way that you could have him and Peter in the same story. Uh, I thought uh, I just loved, and so I got I got Miles who who I really like, and but I still kept Peter Parker, even though it wasn't quite the uh, the Peter Parker. <laughs> he had an older, you know, very down on himself <laughs> Peter, uh, but I liked his. Um, gosh, who who is the uh, the voice of Peter? I can see his face, but I never know his name. Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson. I thought he did a an excellent job of Peter Parker, uh, and I was skeptical of him coming in because he's kind of annoying and like tag. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and, and so I wasn't sure how that was going to go, but I thought he did great too. Yeah, and I mean, you kind of got you know your you got to what have your cake and eat it too because you you killed Peter Parker. Um, but at the same time you got still got Peter Parker, a different Peter, you know, cause in, in that, in his world, you know, him and MJ had been broken up and he was overweight and kind of depressed and all this stuff. So you get a different angle on Peter and you still get the, the, the idea that you lost a Peter. Um, so really well done. And if I'm not mistaken, that's Chris Pine that does the original Peter Parker that dies, right? I think I saw that, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's him, because I, I heard his voice like, oh, I didn't know Chris Pine was in this, and then he's not in it for all that long, because he's the voice of you know, Peter Parker and Miles' universe that dies, so he doesn't get to be around all that much. <laughs> and he was blonde. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so while we're on the topic of uh, Chris Pine and voice acting, uh, what do you think of all the voice actors? Because there's a ton of people in this, and a ton of different angles, a ton of different characters. Uh, did you like the voice acting? Anybody in particular stand out to you? I didn't have an issue with anybody, and I, and I thought I might when looking through the cast, but no, I thought everybody was was dead on. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I agree too. I, I think the standout. I really liked Mahershala Ali and Brian Tyree Henry. They Mahershala played um, his uncle Prowler, and Brian Tyree Henry played his his dad. Um, but I'd be lying if I said that Nick Cage as Spider Noir. <laughs> It was perfect. Whoever decided to cast Nick Cage as Spider-Noir uh, deserves a casting award because 
I would never, if you were pitching this movie to me, and even showed me some of the animation, I'd be like, where does Nick Cage fit in this? I mean, I know the guy likes comics. You know, he's he took his name from a comic. He's a Superman freak. But like, I, I'm not I'm not getting it. I'm not seeing it. But him playing this sort of deadpan black and white spider noir that sticks out like a sore thumb and is like a, a fish out of water element through the whole movie, it somehow totally totally worked. Right. I mean, you have to get over that it's Nick Cage just from how he is as a human and then realize that his voice fits perfectly. <laughs> yeah. There's one line. He has a couple of really good lines in there, but there's one point where he's like, he says something. I had to kind of paraphrase it, but he's like, sometimes I watch matches burn until they touch my fingers just so I can feel again. <laughs> like that got a good laugh out of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he had a few of those that were just kind of throwaway lines, but he just like, that's just how he talks. And that's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. One of the other things about the plot that I wanted to ask you about, and I totally, I felt like such an idiot for not seeing this coming, but, you know, at some point, Miles is being chased by the Prowler, and he doesn't have any idea who he is, and then he finds out he's his uncle, and then his uncle dies, and I completely, like, after it happened, I'm like, oh, right, Spider-Man's uncle dies. Like, I totally didn't see that coming, and I don't know why. I felt so stupid. Did, did you know that was coming? Uh, No. Uh, I didn't, because the Prowler is a different guy in the other universe. Uh, it's his uncle in the Ultimate Universe, and I totally forgot that it had anything to do with that. You know, so I I didn't even make the connection to Uncle Ben. Yeah, I didn't until it happened, and then you know it's sort of like I mean we're so used to you know people's parents dying in comic book movies, and that's their origin story, and I forget sometimes that it's the uncle and Spider Man story, and then I, I actually thought maybe his dad was going to die in this storyline, maybe at the hands of his uncle or something like that. But when his uncle died, I was like, oh yeah, the Uncle Ben thing. Okay, that, that makes sense. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. I just, I actually felt kind of stupid for not catching it. Yeah, I I agree. You should feel stupid. But the, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The, uh, it, it's a different way, you know, obviously because his uncle was a bad guy, you know, working for the Kingpin. And so it's hard to compare to Uncle Ben's death, who Peter could have prevented type of thing and so it's a different kind of guilt true um and so i think they set themselves very apart but yeah they both have uncles that die i guess <laughs> yes it's a superficial <laughs> connection but it's there nonetheless <laughs> uh what else you got oh and i missed this when you're talking about easter eggs but uh did you stay the end and see uh spider-man 2099 no, sadly, I didn't. I, I got back and I was reading up about the movie and I think that's where Oscar Isaac's voice cameo comes in. And I know they referenced the double pointing Spider-Man meme from the old cartoon that's been going around in recent years. Yeah, yeah. The uh, A long time ago, um, I wish I would have looked that up, when they came out with the 2099 series of books, they have X-Men 2099, you know, Spider-Man 2099 of different characters just in the future of becoming that. Uh, but that's who they, they brought in at the end. So if they ever do something crossover like that, um, that'd be interesting to see them bring in Oscar Isaac into the into the fold. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how many people they got to sign on even for just small roles like that. Yeah, it was two lines. I mean, who who wouldn't? I mean, I feel oh, like sure. if, the, if, if anybody asked me to do something, of course, I'd take any anything as me. But. <laughs> right. But I mean, oh, we want you to just come by the studio, read two lines, and then be done. I'm like, sure, we won't be a part of that. Yeah, I mean, even if it flops, you know, it's a, well, oh sure. gosh, I only had two. I only had two lines. <laughs> well, and and if it's an animated movie, I mean, are you really gonna be the one that takes flack for it flopping? Right. Exactly. All right. Well, it sounds like we're running out of things to say. So why don't we get into our questions? Deal. I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say all right so what'd you rate it and why i gave this a five um not only from my marvel bias and my spider-man love but this is something that visually i had never seen before it just it was so unique and so different that i was i was truly in awe when when watching it and i loved it how about you Yep, same. Five. I, I totally was a sucker for it. I mean, it shot all the way up to, I don't know, three or four in my list. Uh, I, it's embarrassing that I can't remember my top ten list from just last week when we talked about this, but it's in my top five for sure. Five stars. Uh, first Spider-Man I've ever loved. Uh, just as a quick bit of background, 
No Spider-Man movie before Homecoming even broke two and a half for me. None of them. Not the Amazing Spider-Mans, not the Raimis, none of it. So Homecoming got to a four, and I was still kind of like, oh, yeah, really good. I like it, but, you know, missing something. And I kind of resigned myself to being like, yeah, Spider-Man is just not for me. There's just no instance of Spider-Man I'm ever going to like. And then Spider-Verse hit, and I gave it a five star, and now I've got the PS4 game, and I'm playing it like crazy. So I honestly think there's an argument to be made that it's one of the best superhero movies ever made. Uh, putting it up there with The Dark Knight, with whatever Marvel movies are the favorite, Guardians of the Galaxy, all that kind of stuff. I, I get that it's tough to compare animated movies to live action, but it, it, it should be there. And honestly, you know, Wally I think, was up for Best Picture one year. Spider-Verse should win Best Animated, and it should be nominated for Best Picture. It's It's just that good. Not only is it that good, but there's a lot of not that good this year. So oh, totally. it should yeah. be it should be up there. Yeah, it's it's better than Black Panther. And even if we want to go down the uh, you know, cultural aspect of understanding that and the Oscars tend to favor things that have cultural meanings and cultural impacts that are aware of the, the current modern times, I think there's just as strong of a case to be made that into the Spider-Verse as as culturally impactful as Black Panther is. Yeah, I think it takes that box. Yeah, sure. I mean, the only thing that I would say is totally different is the fact that Black Panther actually, you know, basically was cast with an entirely African-American or black cast, which in an animated movie, you don't really have that benefit. So I I get that. But Spider-Verse is above Black Panther easily on my list. As far as a, a good movie, absolutely. All right. So favorite moment for you? Favorite moment was right at the beginning, the running through the the origin story and really the first Peter Parker, uh, just all the nods and it was going so fast and <laughs> I, I just really enjoy. I was like, oh, that's that's the first movie, that's the comic, that's the second movie, that's the third movie. You know, going through all those, uh, uh, I I really enjoyed that. That was good. I, I definitely like that from a storytelling aspect. Anytime we have these comic book movies that just understand that we already know everybody knows what happens we don't need to re readdress it um i I totally love it when they do that (laughs) so i agree uh i like that moment my favorite moment though was the the leap of faith from miles it's that moment where he finally starts putting together all of his advice from peter parker and his dad and everything and it all comes to a head with he can't quite figure out how he can be spider-man or whether he should be spider-man or if he can live up to it and he finally uh, literally jumps off a building uh, with the faith that he is Spider-Man and he can be Spider-Man. And there's all this, these flashbacks and these cool, this cool music and the way they present the scene. It's just this great culmination of, again, those little moments I talked about along the way of not forgetting that this is really a story about Miles with all the other stuff going on. And that, that's where Miles' story, I think, really comes to a head. Another great scene. I, I concur. Well, we love this movie a lot, so I'm interested to see what you say on this one. So what's one thing you would change? This is just me being nitpicky. Um, one, I've even though in the storyline in the comics they have Spider-Ham, I'm not a fan. And I know some people are diehard Spider-Ham fans, which I just don't get. He's a Those pig. exist? Uh, yes. Yes, those fans exist. Um, those fans exist. He, unfortunately, exists. I don't get the crossovers with cartoons. You know, if you want to say he's a real life pig, you know, that just as a Spider-Man, okay. But I don't get when they do when they do that in the comics. And I know his, his role was very minimal in this. It's just <laughs> just just unnecessary to me. Um I'd I'd keep that out and I'd also uh animate the Kingpin differently. But again, I'm as far as major things there there are no major things i'm just nitpicking at this point <laughs> yeah well when you give a movie five stars you have to resort to nitpicking I, 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 that's about it right right uh so for me i think the one thing i would change um we kind of touched on this earlier love the score totally totally love the score uh but there's this whistling element to some of the music that i caught in the theater and i caught in uh, as I've been listening to it, and I, it just it kind of bothers me. It's it's a weird sound. It, it is catchy. I'll give it that, but I don't know why it, that just kind of annoys me a little bit and takes me out of the element. But um, again, totally nitpicky on that one. Um, but I I would take that specific theme of music out of there. 
And I will say, back to your spider ham comment, I always want to say spider pig because of Homer Simpson. Because of the Simpson movie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the spider ham thing, I did really like the comment where I think it, towards the end of the movie, he says, that's all, folks. And like spider noir or somebody was like, can he legally say that? Right. Because <laughs> that's a WB thing? Yes. Okay, so one thing you would change casting-wise. So this is a new question for us. We're, we're retooling our, our questions here at the end because we realized that uh, we were t- asking each other questions about uh, the movie that would help people who haven't seen the movie. But since we talked spoilers, why would that make sense? So we, we've got a, a few new questions coming coming out at this time. So uh, one of them is, what's a casting change you would make? Well, and this is where I need to read my notes a little bit clearer because I already I already did that. Um, the th- one thing I would change would be the Kingpin's animation, and then the casting change would be get rid of Spider Pig. Gotcha. So I took a little bit of a different angle. I was actually thinking about it not from a casting change of like ripping an animated character off of the movie, like you would almost say in a live action. I kind of went with the voice acting, and I I chickened out on this first one. I said none. I, I can't think of anybody who turned in a bad voice acting performance to the point where I can envision somebody else doing that role or like, oh, that voice was so bad. Why didn't they get so-and-so for this? I I didn't really see that in this. So as far as the voice acting goes, uh, you know, I'm coming in on our first time ever asking a casting change question and I'm saying I I got nothing on this one. You're getting blanked on the first time? Yeah, you know, I I think it's harder on an animated movie too, right? Like if you're doing a live action movie, there's so much that goes into it, the looks, how do they dress the character and you can kind of envision that with, with voice acting, it I think it has to be kind of, kind of glaring, right? Like, I don't think I would initially think that, like for example, Liv Shriver would be a good kingpin, but I also don't have any preconceived notions about what an animated kingpin should sound like. So, you know, if they had put like Patton Oswalt or somebody in there as kingpin, I'm like, yeah, that, that's no good. But I don't have that in this. So I, I liked all the voice acting. I, I got nothing on the casting changes for this guy. What if you have to? Ooh, you have God. to start somebody. Ugh, I don't know. I'd have to think about that because voices are are so crazy, crazy unique. Um, you know, with with like Jake Johnson doing Peter Parker. I mean, uh, you know, it didn't really matter to me much. Um, I, I'm not sure. It's one of those things where I don't know that I would be able to pick things out. So, I, I, truth truthfully, I I have nothing. I mean, I could cheat and just pick one of my favorite people and say Ryan Gosling should have been Peter Parker, <laughs> but that's not really doing anything. No, and the amount of times that you're going to use him on this casting change question we may have to to veto him in the future but if you're already (laughs) using him as a voice actor and into the spider-verse i mean come on i thought that we'd at least be three movies in before i i had to to remove ryan gosling from your answer list (laughs) i mean if it's not gosling or keanu uh, i'm not sure who i'll be sneaking into these movies (laughs) um so another little switch instead of going oscar or razzie uh just in general what award would you give this movie could be an oscar could be a razzie could be something you made up what what award would you give this movie so not only do i think that it would get it should and will get best animated picture of the year on the oscar side i'm willing to give this best comic book adaptation uh movie ever and while some do it to the the letter of the comic of keeping everything uh, in line with what the comic did and and do that very well. Um, This took origin stories and then made its own story. And so I really think that this would be, I would give it best comic book adaptation. Hmm. That's an interesting one because I think there's a lot of different ways you could take that. I mean, I guess, are you saying that, all right, so we'll, we'll go full dark night here. Uh, I mean, I guess, are you saying that Into the Spider-Verse took existing comic stories and brought them to life true to the comic book fashion, like, better than anybody else? Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is, like, you know, there's, like, a direct translation from a, from comic book to screen, and then there's the inspired by, right, where you take nuggets of the theme of the character and all that stuff. So I'm trying to figure out, like, where on the spectrum, like, what exactly you mean by best comic book adaptation? Right. Not not word for word, you know, and putting it up on screen, because there's a few that, that do that, and they do that very well. Um, but it, it's taking the, the true background without changing it to make it easier to to tell that story, but then have have a story of their own. And put that up there, and so that's that's more the the comic adaptation that I'm going with there. Okay, gotcha. So like translating this, I would almost say that that's like saying best adapted screenplay for comic book movies is kind of what you're saying. 
there's something that already exists mm. and you turn it into a screenplay is that kind of what you're saying maybe maybe okay I, I'd, have, I'd have to think about that but what i okay. wrote down was best comic adaptation <laughs> <laughs> okay but you're not saying it's the best comic book movie no okay no sorry just trying to follow along i i, I think i totally get what you're saying I, but i just wanted to make sure i was i was clear on it yeah and comparing to live action it, that's very hard and so i'm not gonna make that statement today <laughs> today i like that you today. qualified it give me a few rewatches and i might exactly <laughs> um so i just kind of went the basic route uh, best animated picture for sure um and i'd be lying if i said i wasn't tempted to say it's my favorite movie of 2018 and thus best picture of 2018 so uh, nothing nothing creative I, I like your take your spin on it uh, i just don't have the background to, to pull anything off like that but um you know if anything else, you know, it's arguably one of, if not the best animated movies, period, just in terms of style and what they do. It's something unique, something groundbreaking. I think it'd be interesting to see if people copy it. It's not the the Pixar world type animation. It's not your standard 2D animation. It's something something totally new. So best animated picture for sure. Very, very close to getting best picture award for me. But if there's any kind of, uh, you know, best animation techniques... Uh, yeah, it would be getting that for me too. Warranted. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> the last one is if you liked Spider Verse, you would also like what? Right. So again, switching it up a little bit, we used to take the backwards approach, which uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna cop out and blame our listeners for not telling us that that was a stupid question to ask <laughs> because you've listened to a spoiler-free movie and we're saying, well, if you like these other movies, you'd like this. That, that doesn't really make sense. So. Now we're flipping it, right? We're saying, if you liked Spider-Verse, then here's something else that you should probably go take a look at, right? Right. Okay. So what'd you go with? Um, so I went old school, um, pretty basic. Spider-Verse is so unique, man. It's so hard when you get these movies that you watch that are so crazy unique that it's really hard to find something to compare it to. So I stayed animated. I stayed superhero, but I went back, way back. I went with Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Now, you're not going to get the speed or the pace or even the animation style, but Mask of the Phantasm was like at the super height of Batman hype uh, between Batman 89 and Batman Returns. And the animated series of Batman is one of my favorite animated series of all time. I love the animation. I love the voice acting. I love all of it. And Mask of the Phantasm was one of the first comic book movies animated to get a full release like that. And it's actually a really good movie. So I'm sticking with the uh animated superhero genre and say that you will like if you like spider-verse and you're you're good with a concept of an animated full-length superhero movie i think you will like batman mask of the phantasm interesting so i i stuck with your same mentality on the fact that there is nothing like this and we led the podcast saying that i mean there's nothing comparable to what this was but i stayed uh, more to the comic adaptation, uh, and I went with The Dark Knight Returns, uh, so Frank Miller's graphic novel of uh, a different kind of Batman, and that's kind of how I equated it to this. So it's an older, grizzled Batman, and his story when he's, gosh, what, 60, 70 years old? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, and that stays very true to the written comic. I mean, there's some some changes in there but uh uh enough to where the story is pretty pretty accurate and so it's not it's not funny like this it's not there's the musical score definitely something to be desired um but i think if you liked uh like spider-verse and you like kind of a different take on a character than uh the dark knight returns part one and two um you should go go check that out yeah, I've seen that. That's definitely very good. I, and I totally agree with you. It is very, very true. Uh, I own that graphic novel slash comic book series, and it, it's a great one. It's one of the most famous ones, and it really stays true to that. I, I don't remember there being hardly any deviation from the story on that. Yeah, it's definitely pretty close. Yep. All right, so does that wrap up Spider-Verse for us? I think we're done. I think we're done. All right, well, if, as you can tell, I mean, we were kind of all over the place because... We just loved it and wanted to spout everything that we loved about it. <laughs> but if you've taken anything away from this episode from us, right, it's that Spider-Verse is one of the best movies of the year, one of the best animated movies of all time. 
one of our favorite movies in in many many years um take it from a guy who doesn't really like spider-man or i guess i maybe should say didn't really like spider-man um, convert you <laughs> yeah you, you have to go see this movie this movie deserves to be watched by everybody um i i will be shocked if anybody does not like it now they may not rave about it like we did but i would be shocked if, if people come away not liking this i haven't ran into anybody who doesn't like it and that's all ages and ranges and everything and so they're everybody was thoroughly pleased and surprised yep completely agree all right well i think that's gonna wrap it up for us like usual the best way you can help us is go out and hit subscribe out in google or itunes or the apple podcast store i should say that way all new episodes show up on your phone automatically you don't have to chase us down on the website to listen to stuff it'll just download to your phone and be ready and like usual give us a like give us a share anything you can do to help us get the episode out and talk to us online. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, anywhere. We love talking movies. If you saw Spider-Man or once you do see it, let us know what you thought about it. Did you agree with us? Did you not? Because we think you'll agree with us, but it's always good to hear what, what actually comes out in the end. Are you one of the few people that doesn't exist that doesn't like this movie? <laughs> yeah. Let us know. We may publicly shame you, but we'd like to talk to you at least. <laughs> All right, well, I think that does it for this episode. Aquaman should be coming next week. Sounds good to me. Yep, we'll catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both.